Hello, and welcome back to the Iowa Type Theory Commute. I'm Aaron Stump, and we have just started Chapter 9 of the podcast on optimal beta reduction. Uh, mostly uh, because I'm working on it right now, and so it's something that's nice for me to talk about a little bit while um, I'm trying to do research on it. Um, also, it's a topic in pure lambda calculus that I think is um, sort of shockingly um, poorly known at least among programming languages researchers uh, that I know. and But um, I think there's a good reason for that, which maybe we'll have time to touch on today. So anyway, we were talking about last time, the, the big thing with optimal beta direction is to try to somehow, we, the problem we're trying to solve, I actually didn't even fully explain the problem last time. What we talked about last time was that if you were doing sort of graph sharing representation of terms, so you try to have uh, you know a pointer data structure and you try to have pointers to shared sub-expressions. Um, so say you had an expression like lambda x, x of x, like x applied to x. So in other words, you got two copies of x and you apply this to some lambda term. Then what you're going to end up with is a graph that has two pointers to that argument lambda term. You know, your lambda abstraction said lambda x, x applied to x. And so you apply it to some argument A, right? So intuitively, when you beta reduce, you're going to get A applied to A. But in the graph representation, you're going to have a, you know, an application node with two pointers to the same graph for A. There's just going to be one graph for A. You're not going to copy that graph. And so when you sort of real, you know, this is kind of, you know, a pretty basic idea for from a computer science perspective. It makes sense to try to share these subgraphs when you know when you can. But the surprising thing is that you can't share them as much as you would hope you could. And in the first episode of chapter nine, the lot one or at least last time, I tried to talk a little bit about um, when you're forced to copy something. When you had a graph or two pointers were coming into a, 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 a term like this A and you're forced to copy A. You're forced to, to dump that sharing. And essentially, you're forced to do that when you have an application of A to an argument. Because the with this sort of graph representation, the basic way to do beta reduction is to just do a constant time graph rewiring step, which is super awesome. Much better from a you know performance and execution perspective than doing some capture avoiding substitution oh my gosh this is a nightmare to implement and it's easy to get it wrong and it's it takes however long to do you can try to delay it and it's more complexity but here you just just switch a pointer or a couple of them maybe and you're you're set but but when you do that though you're basically destructively modifying the body of the lambda abstraction or destructively modifying the lambda abstraction and so if that lambda abstraction might need to be used a couple of times that's not sound, you know, because you're going to need to do that destructive modification twice. Hey, <laughs> it's destructive. You can't really do that. So at that point, graph sharing algorithms need to copy the lambda abstraction. And they go off and they copy potentially a big lambda abstraction. Okay? You know, you've got to just duplicate that whole big thing. Yuck. That's not good, right? That's, that's going to be very expensive. And it's sort of... And not only is it expensive... But and this is one of the things we didn't, I didn't have time to mention last time. There's a lot of subtleties to this. It took me several years of off and on study to sort of start to get the, you know, the idea of some of the complexities here. Um, you know, when you copy, say again, you have this big A 
uh, graph. And you need to copy it because it's being used in a couple of places. And, and in at least one of those places, it's time to do a beta reduction with A as the, the function. Okay. I mean, if you have a couple of pointers to A in several different places, but you haven't actually tried to do a beta reduction calling A yet, then it's fine. Then you don't have to copy. Okay. But um, uh, if one of these pointers is being used as the function, you know, is coming from the function part of an application that you need to reduce, then sorry, you know, you got to do this duplication. But um, so imagine that A has got in it some redexes. You know, so imagine this term A that's being shared is like, you know, lambda X, lambda Y, blah, blah, blah. And somewhere in there, there's some redexes, okay? Now, if you go copy A, you make a complete copy of this whole graph for A, you're going to copy redexes. And that means eventually you're going, you know, in general, you'll be duplicating work. There'll be a redex that was shared that really only needed to be reduced once, but you copied it. And now you have two copies of the redex, and if those both have to be reduced, you're wasting your time, right? You, you should have just reduced one copy of that redex. Um, and you say, okay, that does sound like a problem. You say, I, I've got a workaround for that. Why don't we, right at the point where we need to copy this lambda graph, A, why don't we normalize it completely right then and there? Let's go normalize it. And then this problem you just mentioned about, oh, you might have to duplicate a redex and you're, you're going to be doing extra work, then that wouldn't happen. That's, that's a pretty good idea, but there's a problem with that too. And this is the problem that uh, I think it's fair to say Levy kind of identified in his work there in the late 70s on what is an optimal reduction. You know, um, what, uh, what properties optimal reduction would have to satisfy. And so the problem is that uh, imagine, say you've got this big A that's in normal form. Like say it's already completely reduced. But say it's got an application in it of some variable. You're going to copy that application with that variable. And at some point later, that variable can be instantiated. And then look what's happened. Now you've, you've in a sense, they call it an in the asperity uh, Oh gosh, I'm sorry, I forgot the co-author's name. The big um, unpleasant, sorry to say, unpleasant book about uh, optimal beta reduction. There's um, they call these virtual redexes. There's basically an application of a variable. If you copy an application of a variable, well, what if that variable gets instantiated later, as in general it certainly could, to some lambda abstraction? Now you've copied a redex, but you sort of copied it before it was a redex. You copied it just when it was a simple application. Um, but the effect is the same. You're going to then duplicate work. So, uh, so duplicating, you know, copying redexes or so-called virtual redexes, ter terms which could turn into redexes later. This is the main problem that uh, you know w w comes up when we have to copy reference graphs. We have to copy lambda graphs. So to avoid copying redexes or virtual redexes. Lamping was the first, um, although he deferentially, you know, kindly cites some work that was happening about the same time as him, which I haven't followed up on, but uh, other sources seem to regard his uh, implementation, uh, his proposal as kind of the definitive one at that point, um, so I don't know. But anyhow, his solution to this problem 
is quite brilliant, I think, and elegant, and the, the, like the idea of what we're going to try to do. What we're going to try to do in, in the, these situations where we're forced to copy a lambda graph uh, because it's being applied to an argument and we have to make this destructive modification to do that beta reduction, what we're, what we're going to do is we're going to try to copy the graph lazily. We're going to try to copy it just a little bit at a time. This is a great idea. I mean, this is like just cool computer science. So instead of just swooping through this big graph and making a complete copy of it, and when you stop and think about it, it's kind of like, oh yeah, that doesn't seem, that's, that we should be trying to avoid doing that. Surely there'd be some way that we could, you know, be lazy and just copy a little of it at a time. And so that, and we say, oh yeah, well, why don't you just make your graph copying lazy? It sounds like, you know, like, yeah, that should, that should sort of solve the problem right there. But just that idea. Um, but there's, there's more to it than that for reasons I'll explain in a minute. But, uh, but that's a basic plan. And, and this is, I personally, in the work I'm trying to do on this, I have the same goal. It's just following what Lamping suggested, like, let's make this graph copying of the, you know, lazy. Let's try not to do the whole thing at once. Let's try to do it on demand as we're forced to. Because it might happen that we're not forced to copy the whole thing. We, we know we're going to have to do a little copying because of this um, beta reduction that we're going to have to do here. So we're going to have to at least take that top lambda node and sort of duplicate that. Um, you know, but we might not have to go dig through the whole big thing and duplicate the whole graph. And so that was... Um, Lamping's idea, and then his realization of this idea, again, in commendably, I mean, admirably described in this paper, there's an extremely complicated <laughs> set of rewrite rules and graph nodes uh, that I, I don't think even its most ardent admirers can, can really say, you know, I mean, th this is a very complicated si situation. And in fact, his paper sort of says, here's the basic thing we're going to do without some machinery that we need for correctness. And then we're going to go, and, I'm, and then here's several pages of really dense rules explaining this, this additional machinery we need. Um, I think it's worth noting that uh, part of the setup here is that we are doing graph rewriting. We have graph nodes, and we have rules that say, if you have this little node and that little node, and then some subgraphs are connected to what are we supposed to do to, to change the graph? How should we rewrite the graph? You know, so graph rewriting is a sort of a esoteric subfield of um, the, the sort of rewriting in general. And you can find in the literature lots of discussions of different kinds of graphs and different graph rewriting proposals for what does it even mean to do a graph rewrite step. I mean, so it is, a, it is sort of a, sort of, it can become a kind of arcane topic um, but that's not really what led to the complexity and lamping situation. It was just we need a lot of extra gates and a lot of extra rules. So a gate here, we're just, or nodes, just nodes of the graph. We have different kinds of nodes. We have a lambda node for the, the start of a lambda abstraction. We have an application node representing applying a function to an argument. Um, but we have, uh, we have other nodes, and lamping's proposal um, gave us several. I forget now how many, but... A, a good handful new of new ones with a bunch of rules about how they interact with each other. And uh, subsequent work clarified that some, some of this, at least, could be viewed as 
an implementation of some kind of linear logic graph, you know, like proof net rewriting or something. Um, I didn't dig into those papers myself, I have to tell you. Um, but there were some people uh, took a look at this and said, oh my gosh, this really these really complicated rules, shockingly, are actually related to you know, really complicated rules in simplification of linear logic proofs. Uh, so, and part of the connection to linear logic you can sort of see because when we have uh, a lambda graph, like say you want to say lambda x, x applied to x, which we were talking about earlier. So as a graph, we say, oh, I've got a lambda node. Now, the lambda node has two pointers. One is the pointer to the body of the lambda abstraction, and the other is the pointer to wherever the variable is going. You say, but wait a second, we have lambda x, x by x, we got the variable's going two places. So does it have two pointers or what? Well, no, it, you have a pointer from the lambda node to a, a node that is sort of like splits that, that edge. Like think of these as graphs with nodes and edges. You've got a lambda node and it's got this edge coming out for the bound variable and you want to split that because you want to send that um, signal, if you want to think of it that way, to two different spots. And so you have this, this sort of splitter node, um, which in Lamping and the subsequent literature is usually called a duplicator. Because the idea is that when you, if you have, so what the lambda x, x applied x is going to look like is you've got a lambda node at the top, and then two edges. One is coming out to an application, because it was lambda x, x applied x. So it's an application node. And then the other node out, the first node out of the lambda, sorry, the first edge out of the lambda node is going to one of these duplicators to sort of split. The, the single input X has got to get split so you can use it twice. So you sort of split, have this node that means split the, the signal. And then those two signals coming off of that splitting node are fed into the application node because you're going to apply X to X. You take these two signals that split off from the original input X and you you feed them into that application node. Okay. So, um, and, uh, yeah. And so that the presence of these duplication nodes, uh, well, in a sense, this is the whole problem because that's what's necessitating. If we just had linear lambda calculus where every variable had to be used exactly once or, or once or zero times, it was so-called affine logic, then we wouldn't have the complexity, we wouldn't need the complexity of uh, Lamping's proposal or any of this stuff because there, there would be no need to copy anything because every lambda term can be used at most one time. Uh, but that's, you know, you can't program too much under that regime, I think. Um, so, you, you know, generally, our general programs we're typically writing are not linear. So they need the ability to duplicate, use variables several times. And so we have these sort of splitter or duplicator nodes. And that leads to the whole can of worms of needing to do this lazy graph duplication. And the worst part of it all, to, as the teaser for next time, is um, when you're doing a lazy duplication and you encounter other duplicator nodes inside there, that's what really just makes things horribly complicated. Because you're sort of like, I'm going to duplicate this thing, and it's got some sort of frozen or partially executed duplications inside it. What do I do with those? How do I keep track of which duplication is which? And it's actually quite a nightmare. Um, at least at least it's been a nightmare in the current proposals. <laughs> uh, anyway, I need to stop now.
thank you very much for listening. I'm sorry, I won't know exactly when I'll be able to broadcast again, but um, hopefully sometime pretty soon. So I hope you're safe.